And we are back to discuss more Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Okay, so Preston, a um, couple days ago you hit me up. You wanted to uh, discuss something in specific in regards to Falcon and Winter Soldier that involves Baltimore? <laughs> how, how that looked nothing like Baltimore. Um, well, the, the, so the, the overhead establishing shot is, is Baltimore. And, and you get the classic Baltimore row home. Um, so row homes are like really important to like the look and feel of Baltimore. It's something people are very proud of row homes, marble steps. It's like a very classic thing. Um, most of Baltimore city, regardless if you're East side or West side, it's row homes. And, um, so it's a bit weird when they're like, oh, Baltimore. And it's like, you know, the city and you know, it's some standalone house. I'm like, what are you, what are you guys doing? You just did an establishing <laughs> shot of a row home. Come on, come on. The audience doesn't well, know this, but Preston has been itching to get this off his chest for fucking days. Well, well there's that. And then those cops, <laughs> like, okay. I, it's so funny. Cause like that scene, this is episode two. We're talking about mm -hmm. like that. Wait, scene no, I think that's episode three is where this happened. Episode three or okay. four. I think, I don't remember. <laughs> I forgot. One of the episodes, but continue. The, the Isaiah Bradley episode, mm -hmm. the first Isaiah Bradley, because he, he returns in episode five. But mm -hmm. um, and and we're you know we're talking. This is after episode five. So, um, the uh, that scene is supposed to show like how um, you know racist cops are, and it's like man, you made those cops, you made those Baltimore cops into like the nicest Baltimore cops that possibly exist. <laughs> Like in reality, like that guy, like Falcon, they would have already tried to like put his head on the pavement. Like that's just ridiculous Jesus. that they were like, they were like, sir, sir, is this man bothering you? Like, no, no, it would be, it would be, it would, no, no Baltimore cop is that nice. Come on. I will say this in regards to the Isaiah Bradley stuff. Uh, normally whenever like a racial discussion pops off, I tend to just roll my eyes because oftentimes it comes off as virtual signaling or cartoony. Um, one example is when we covered, um, uh, Lovecraft Country. Even you called out how over the top and, and silly it was, but here I actually like the inclusion of his backstory because it felt like it carried some weight and it, it felt real. Well, I mean, that, that, that stuff really did happen. There mm -hmm. really was like medical experiments on, on black soldiers, um, and so they're, they're taking from history. This is also based on the comic book. There, there's a comic book uh, um, uh, about Isaiah Bradley and, and his his experience. So that 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 and of being you know a, a Captain America, and that that is taken from the comic book, and it, you know it's also taken from the real world. So that that actually happened. Of course. And of course, you know, and um, so his feelings and everything. I mean. It, What's funny is when people when people are like when people say, "Oh, Captain America is just why is it getting all political?" I was like, "For what? Well, first of all, one like when has Captain America comic book not been incredibly political? It's always been a very very political book, like right from its founding. Like keep in mind that that like that first issue of Captain America way back in the day of of uh, Captain America punching Hitler. Mm -hmm. Keep in mind." America had not joined the war yet. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I'm not too Jack familiar Kirby. with Captain America comic stuff. So Jack Kirby and Stan Lee, you know, they, they you know, they're, they're two Jewish guys from, from New York. And so America had not joined the war yet. 
And, you know, there are some questions, you know, it's like, oh, Hitler is doing this stuff in Europe, but it's it's Europe. Who cares? Um, the U.S. was doing some secret or not so secret, like like help and funding to Britain, giving them military aid. Mm -hmm. But we hadn't thrown in officially with Britain. And so um, the, the actual thing that was dragging us into the war was our, was our antagonism with Japan, which kind of went on, like there was a building antagonism with Japan that goes back 20 years before World War II. But um, that's the thing that was actually pulling us in. And, and the thing that pulls us into to World War II is Japan attacks us and then Germany declares war on us. It had, you know, America didn't like do the right thing or anything. Like we were dragged into World War II kicking and screaming. But there were many Americans who, because America's still today, the, the largest uh, ethnic group in America are, are Germans. Germans, uh, every, you know, people have German background in America. I have some German background. Um, it's, the, it's, the, it's the largest uh, ethnic group of, of any American is, is people of German background. And there were a lot of pro-German Americans that existed at that time. There's a group called the Bund, which were essentially these, uh, you know, neo-Nazi alt-right types um, that were, uh, that actually after the publication of Captain America, the, the Bund started threatening Stan Lee and, and, and Jack Kirby for, for, you know, having Captain America uh, punching Hitler. You know, that was a, that was a, it was a thing. So when people say like, oh, Captain America was never, you know, why is it getting so political? Like, oh, my God. Like the, the, the <laughs> I mean, apparently it had its the, roots in, in, in political bullshit. Yeah. I mean, it kind of went away from the political. I will admit that during the during the 60s, um, it, it kind of went away. And and um, well, Jack Kirby had left Marvel Comics for a while and and they, they had made um Captain America into a blanket, uh, uh, you know, commie fighter. And what's funny is that later they retconned all that and said, no, Steve Rogers was in ice. And the, the, the commie fighter was this guy, you know, was this other Captain America who was, you know, a, a weirdo, jingoist right winger. And so the real Captain America has very complicated um, feelings, you know. This is why the Captain America is always portrayed as like, He's, he's super patriotic, but to him, like, patriotism is complicated. It has to do with questioning your government. It has to do with understanding that your government often does bad things. And so, so the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, so far, has been the most Captain America property that's happened yet. You think so? I mean, like, oh, absolutely. In, in, how, in how complicated politically it is. Like you know, civil war, civil war starts that way, and then they they do they do the cop out, okay? Like the whole the whole moral pre, you know the moral quandary of of civil war is, oh, should superheroes have to um, have a council of people send them in to do help to do um, you know work? You know, like what if uh, they need to help somebody, but the bureaucracy says no? Well, you know, that's the, that's the question. You know, that's the thing about government. There's checks and balances and oversight, and sometimes the bureaucracy makes the right call, and sometimes it doesn't. It was an interesting moral question, and then it becomes irrelevant because it's about defending Bucky Barnes. 
and it's Steve's best friend. So like, there's no moral question there anymore. He's gonna fucking try to protect his best friend. Like, at that point, like, sorry, Iron Man, you're wrong. And Captain America, you're right. That's the, the question's out the, out the door, you know? The same thing happens in the comic book. It's just a, a little different, but it's, they do a cop-out, you know? Well, I will say that what I'm liking so far about the show are all the gray area and characters and, like, the situations they're in. But the main plot about, like, the Flag Smashers, I, I can't seem to get too invested into it. it. It just doesn't catch my attention as much. Like, I'm more into what's happening with Zemo and the Wakandans and John Walker and his situation. And even Bucky going back and hitting up all the former Hydra agents he helped prop up as the Winter Soldier. Um, I think that was a scene in episode one. That was like three minutes, and I'm more interested in that than the random teenagers bitching about borderlines. I just, I just didn't care. I mean, what's what's incredible about Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and I would say that the the regular plot is actually a little weak, and it's so strong on the thematic. Like the when you when you think about like Falcon and the Winter Soldier, this is the 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 one plot of the show is a black man is is has a bunch of uh, moral questions and problems um, taking up the mantle of Captain America, the embodiment of America, from from a white guy. And, you know, it parallels, like, America's history as, you know, America's history is, is you know, a bunch of white people and then the country slowly becoming more diverse. And, you know, the embodiment, you know, the embodiment of America has, is shifting and changing. And, and so that you've got these parallel structures there. Um, and, and what that all means, like, you know, if you are an abuse, you know, a minority that has experienced abuse in the past, like, you know, can you still be patriotic? Um, and you know, that, that's the whole Isaiah Bradley talking to, to Sam, um, kind of question. Well, you know? I, I think that was episode five, that was in but episode five. in episode one, he has like the choice. I, I think his whole thing of not taking the shield was be was not because white guy Steve had it and it passed it on to him, but the legacy that comes with it and all the burden too, you know, like heavy lies the crown sort of thing. That's what I got from it. Sam wants to be his own man, not the sequel to something mm -hmm. that came before, which is what John Walker is struggling with, which, you know, they did a good job showing that. Yeah. I mean, the you know the um the John Walker they've actually made him John Walker show John Walker is so much better than than comic book John Walker really <laughs> like he's oh show John Walker is just so much more nuanced and dealing with more trauma you can relate to him a lot more than comic book uh, John Walker like comic book John Walker is essentially just a right wing super patriotic maniac who just like goes too far but like show John Walker. He's struggling with so many things, like insecurity about um, being good enough, like his own issues about his him him and what his government made him do. Then his relationship with his his best friend and all of these different things. Um, he's not so much the the jingoist right winger as he as he is in the comic book, um, you know. And they purposely like gave him. Uh, you know, a Hispanic wife and a, and a black best friend in the show to make him, you know, not exactly just some sort of alt-right, you know, racist kind of guy. Um, so, you know, they made him more complicated. He's more, he's, he's, he seems to be a guy who, who, 
you know, he, he might be a good guy deep down, but he's been through some trauma and he clearly has a short fuse, you know? Right. By the way, real quick, um, I notice you keep using the word jingoist. For those of you who are like outside the U.S. and you don't really understand that word, it's basically a, a form of nationalism where you're like aggressive with how like you treat foreigners and people coming into your country. That's that's how I. Uh... Right. It's all it's also like, yes, it's that. And it's also like uh, war centered patriotism. Mm. Um. I got I got into an argument with uh, with um, one of your um, commenters about how like he's like but left wingers left wingers start wars too, in fact you know and it's like tr- of course left wingers are are like in wars okay you know Lyndon Johnson had Vietnam, um, Bill Clinton had you know Bosnia Kosovo and Operation Desert Fox which Operation Desert Fox is like the Iraq war part 1.5, like it actually used more bombs than, than Iraq war one, but no one remembers it because we didn't put any ground troops in, Mm. but the, um, of course, but the difference between left-wing war and right-wing war is that right-wing war is always about flag waving and patriotism. While left-wing war is more about like insecurity that they're going to be called out as being weak. And so we have to go to war to try to prove that we're, we're not weak. Well, like right wing war, you hear all, that's when you get all this, like support the troops and like, um, you we have to blindly support our leader kind of like crap. You know? Right. That's where they wrap patriotism up into war. Well, left wing war isn't so patriotic. It's done for other weird reasons, you know, but you're going to get a lot of pushback on that. Just, Oh God, this is, Oh, and we're going to read, (laughs) read and respond to every comment. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, no, um, I kind of feel bad for John Walker, by the way, I think someone, someone, uh, told me how the actor, uh, for John Walker, forgot the man's name. His father is very famous. Like once again, I escapes me. I'm sure someone will correct. me. Oh, it's, 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 um, it's Goldie Hawn's and, uh, Kurt Russell's child. Right. I, but I forgot the man's name, but apparently the actor yeah. went for Captain America role before, um, the guy, other guy, God, I keep forgetting these motherfuckers names. I normally get them right. Um, oh, he, he, he applied for, for being, um, back when what Chris Evans was yes Chris Evans thank yeah. you yeah but Chris Evans got it and he wanted to be the original Captain America he never got it but Chris Evans did and I think that's pretty cool that they kind of just you know put him in there Marvel has actually done this before um once again the name escapes me but the actor for Justin Hammer in the second Iron Man movie mm. he actually applied to be Tony Stark but Robert Downey Jr. got it oh uh, I mean he would have been he would have been okay too I have to admit Cause, really cause, Justin uh, Han- the guy who played who played Justin yeah or something Ro- Sam Rockwell Sam Rockwell thank you Sam Rockwell is an, you know he's just an incredible actor I mean mm-hmm. I, though Robert Downey Jr. just has more charisma of so course I think that's why they, they chose and it, it worked out you know? but do me a favor back me up on something here I, I feel as though like Sam and Bucky hated the fuck out of John Walker initially for almost no reason when he started acting like a psycho douchebag then yes that was justified but way before that oh absolutely i mean i think that i i read a reddit post where people were like wait a minute am i being the asshole here like like i applied for i'm i'm a i'm a i'm a war veteran i worked really hard and then i got chosen to be captain america because somebody else turned it down and now i'm trying to stop international terrorists and help out people like am i really the bad guy (laughs) <laughs> but um th- i was gonna say that thank goodness the plot is you know everybody's like oh why does it have to be so political 
if it if it wasn't political, what would the show have? Like the 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 actual plot doesn't really even make much sense. Like we're not even sure what the flag smashers like do and why they have all of this support and why people like what like that heist at the beginning, like what were they stealing? Like vaccinations for refugees like why aren't there enough vaccinations like there's so it's all very cloudy the actual like regular plot um uh nando v movies actually uh did a video about about this like if you if you um a lot of the episodes are weirdly edited if you um watch closely like there's a lot of uh, uh people saying stuff where you don't see their face which means that means it's been added in post um and and the plot of like why the the flag smashers are such a high priority um for for being caught and what they're doing is a little is a little uh murky and so there was a theory that the original plot was that there was a pandemic a man-made pandemic which is from the the comic book mm. and that they needed to like these are vaccines to deal with the pandemic but the fact that like claiming that the government created the pandemic um, because that's such a huge conspiracy theory now right. that Disney thought that it would be morally, um, you know, rough to push that forward, you know? Right. And, and so they edited it all out, which is why kind of the, the, like the flag smasher plot doesn't really make too much sense, you know, like, who are these people? Why are they running from the government? What what crimes are they committing? Why are they committing crimes? It's it's not really um, it's not really very clear. It becomes more clear in episode five when when they kind of say, well, they're moving people, they're shutting down refugee camps, but they didn't start shutting down the refugee camps until until episode five. So I don't know. Well, Carly Morenthal, uh, I mm. I do know in the in the comics it's supposed to be a man, Carl. Um, mm. So nice twist on, on making it a, a girl, but I just don't really see her as much of a threat. Maybe I don't know. Maybe if it's the shoddy mask or the or, or you know the characters just aren't that engaging. But I really don't see them as the the threat that Agatha was in Wandavision. I just don't really. It's just eh, I just don't care about the scenes with the flag smashers. And you do have a good point about the editing because episode five begins in a weird way. Like it almost seems like episode five, the way it begins really should have been mm -hmm. like given to the last, uh, the last couple of minutes of episode four when uh, yeah. John does the thing and kills the guy. So this is, this is something my wife pointed out when I was watching. Um, and this is, this must be bad, like weird editing. Why is it that Falcon and the winter soldier are masters with the shield and then we have a training montage of Falcon like screwing up with the shield and then getting better. Right? Like, shouldn't he have been fine with like why he was like really he was like a master of the shield and then forgets and has to relearn. Like it was clearly like it was clearly out of order, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I <laughs> I I, I want to do mental gymnastics to try to make it make sense, but you have a point. <laughs> I mean all, yeah, and she was pointing out of a lot of things that were out of out of order. Like, um, how is how is oh you want to bring her in here? No, 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 no. <laughs> she she pointed out that how did um, 
Sharon Carter, well, I guess it, it, re- it was revealed that everybody had this theory that Sharon Carter was the power was broker, the power broker. But then she pointed out that um, Zemo knew that the power broker existed and Zemo was arrested prior to the blip. So the power broker must be older than the blip. So Sharon Carter couldn't be the power broker. Damn, so, good catch. Right. But the um, power broker turned out to be Elaine. Right. Oh, Elaine from Seinfeld. Yeah, or or yeah. Wait, I is think. is she the power broker? Is that confirmed? She's she she's at least Madame Hydra. Uh, I, it's not confirmed yet that she's the power broker. Madame Hydra. Um, who is that? Is that the one that takes over Hydra after um Robert Redford's character uh, goes down in Winter Soldier? Uh, Ma- no, no, Madame Hydra is just from the comic book. She's a she's a weird character. She she's an agent of Shield, who later is revealed to be an agent of Hydra. And uh-huh. Madame Hydra, and then is later re- later to be re- revealed to be part of an organization called Leviathan. She was a triple agent. She was actually like against both Shield and Hydra. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think she was like trying to get Hydra and Shield to fight each other, so that Leviathan could come in or something strange. So, so who's behind Leviathan? Nazis, Soviets? Uh, I'm randoms? not that familiar. I'm not that familiar with the Leviathan plot but so when you know when she, when elaine came in i i um julia louis dreyfus um i didn't i didn't uh you know i was like oh that's a big name actor but i didn't really know who she was so i had to look her up mm-hmm. but uh, i know exactly i knew it was elaine but like when she gives him the card and the card is black, black. and <laughs> what the fuck was that <laughs> Like I'm sure comic book guys are like, oh, I, ooh, ooh, I'm over here like I. Ah, First of all, whoever pretends to be a Captain America comic book fan, they're they're like the fact that I actually read like Captain America in the eighty in the uh, late eighties, is is just like a miracle. Like hardly anybody, <laughs> he was not a fucking A list like comic book. Comic yeah. book girl nineteen always says this. Like the A lists were like the X Men. Yeah, X Men and Spider Man. We're always like, that's why there's like so many X books and so many spider books. And they were just, you know, Avenger books, you know, there, it was structured differently, but you know, there was, there was the Avengers and the West coast Avengers and Captain America, but um, I don't know. They, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't have like big crossover events like the X books did and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, you know, like fall of the mutants or Inferno or mutant massacre or whatever. Um, it was different, you know. So. By the way, I wanted your thoughts on this because it started trending for no reason. There's this, uh, it was trending on Twitter. I got, I got involved in it somehow and, uh, another YouTube channel made a meme of it. Um, so basically, uh, this actor, Stephen Ford, he came mm-hmm. out and he tweeted out that he thought it was fucked up that the Wakandan special forces, I forgot their name, the, the three ladies that come in. Um, they came in and they had the perfect technique to disarm Bucky. And he thought, the actor <laughs> on Twitter thought it was fucked up that they did that. I actually have to disagree. It would make a lot of sense that the Wakandan special forces who gave Bucky the arm knew exactly how to disarm him just in case he turned on them. Someone even pointed out that Tony Stark could learn a thing or two about, you know, about this, you know, having a failsafe and shit. So, yeah, I, yeah. I disagree. I, I liked it. I thought it was great. Did, do you agree with, with, do you think it's fucked up or do you agree that what, what i mean why would it be fucked up because he put he, because bucky put his trust in them and and like they kind of somewhat betrayed uh his trust by uh putting in that failsafe without his knowledge which once I mean, again it, eh. 
maybe they just studied him and they and and he, they found the fail safe. I don't know if they put in the fail safe. I'm I'm pretty sure they put in the fail safe. It would make sense for special forces to be that because they're giving him like a um, what is it? Is it adamantium or vibranium? I I always go back and forth uh, it's, on that. It, it, it's vibranium, but yeah, yeah. Isn't his yeah, arm made of vibranium? <sighs> I. Th- I uh. If it would be, it would make sense for them to put a failsafe in it so it can't be used against them. It makes perfect sense. Perfect sense to me, at least. Um, I mean, he's, he's, he's an unstable character. Of course. You know? um, <laughs> by the way, <laughs> you know, I thought it was very funny that she, she did all the um, the trigger words uh, and she did them in Wakandan. It's like, why why wouldn't you do it in English just to be, just to be safe? I mean, weren't they programmed into them in English? in the first place or weren't they programmed or um maybe german even like sokovian sokovian like why would you do them in wakandan what he said was uh stephen ford on twitter what he said was okay but what the the wakandan's putting in a built-in weakness in bucky's arm is like really messed up it shows they never fully trusted him he spent years trying to finally reclaim his autonomy only to be undermined in an instant by those who helped it's just sad once again i disagree with stephen um it sparked a whole fucking bullshit debate, by the way, because, like, a bunch of people came in and tried to make it racial. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. I, I told you, it was, it was so fucking stupid. But, like, no, like, to me, it makes perfect I mean, sense. I mean, for, I mean, everything in this show is racial, but not that. <laughs> <laughs> I will say the best part of, like, the whole thing is as these people are, like, fucking up John Walker, Bucky, and, and Sam, Zemo just nopes the fuck right out of there. Like, he just slips out the back. Uh, yeah, He's been my I favorite actually, part. No, Zemo is great. I actually thought it was a bit weird that he, he, he pieces out just so he can visit a memorial and then gets and then allows himself to be arrested. Isn't that's that been his weird? whole... That's been his whole character, though. Like, like Sokovia. Like, he's really, you know, he's, he's just, very patriotic. I don't know. That way. Again, it's... The, I think editing is a really weird thing. Like... Remember how it was like a huge plot point that he found that mask in the car and then he kept it a secret? They're like, what are you doing? And he's like, nothing. And he hides the mask and he, you're like, what is he doing? And then there was that, then there was the fight in the, in the um, shipping yard and he put, he jumps to the top of some like container, puts on the mask for no reason <laughs> And then comes back down and takes it off. <laughs> for like, not for no reason. You know that he has to put it on so a stunt double can come in. It was for the... Right. He does it for the trailer, but you can't... Like, things can't be for the trailer. Like, just... <laughs> remember... Like, in, what was what was that about? Remember like, in Picard when the, the chick is with her boyfriend at, the, like, the very first episode? And the Romulans, like, beam in and they're, like, they knock her out. And then they purposely put, like, a, a bag over her head for some reason. And just when the bag's right. over in her head, she wakes up and beats the shit out of him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Same, like, why didn't they immediately kill her? But they put the, the... Of course, they put the bag over so the stunt double could do all the work. Right. But, like... <laughs> but, uh, yeah... Yeah, it's just, it was just very odd. By the way, I um, hate to cut you off here, but this is very important. Did you ever get a chance to see the Zemo cut of uh, Falcon Winter Soldier? I did. I did. What is it, 18 hours of him just dancing? Dancing on loop? Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, I'm not even upset. I think that's great. That that Marvel is actually going, it was posted on the official Marvel, like, youtube page yeah. the fact that they did that like come on man zemo is just the i think greatest. i think it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty uh it's kind of sucky because he, he didn't blip did he i'm not sure if he blipped or not like was he in so. prison was he in prison five years 
and then gets out and gets the dance party and then gets imprisoned again. <laughs> God, know? I hope he was blipped because imagine if he wasn't blipped. He's just and all the all the guards were blipped and he just he's or just half, there. Half the guards are blipped. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that, that's actually a plot of uh, of the stand. One of the characters from the stand, because in the stand, like um, a virus kills ninety nine percent of the of, of the, the planet, mm-hmm. and this guy's in prison, and everyone in his prison dies except for him, and so he's in this prison alone, and he's starving, and he's dying of thirst, and uh, he gets rescued by the you know the antagonist, and so he's like he's like forever loyal to the antagonist because he was gonna he was gonna die of thirst in prison, you know. Um, so yeah, it would really suck if you're, you know, blipped and yeah, and you're in prison. <laughs> Everybody else got blipped. But no, I'm sure just half the prison, so I don't know. I, I can't really figure out if he was blipped or not. Oh well. Oh well. But yeah. uh no, Zemo, favorite character so far. I love him. He, he hopefully he comes back. Uh somehow I'm I'm sure he'll figure out a way to escape because there's no way he's gonna grab that mask and just like, you know. Mm. But uh he's becoming my favorite character so far. And I will say this this show, I like it. It feels a little different from WandaVision, but if that's to be expected. Oh yeah. I, I don't I don't know if I like the whole WandaVision clues and mysteries and theories in every episode versus where everything here is just straightforward. Because the only mystery here yeah. is who's the power broker. <clears throat> but isn't it kind of odd though that like all of the other stuff on the internet are these uh like spoiler speculations like no one's actually talking about the themes of the show isn't that kind of weird that everybody's just like oh who's the power broker or what you know what's where did the, you know how did the wakandans put in this technology like i mean isn't the like no one is really discussing like the the race stuff which is funny i mean maybe maybe it's because like most of the watchers are you know a bunch of like you know uh comic book nerdy guys like us who are who are like nervous to talk about race so I don't know. it's not that i'm nervous <laughs> to talk about race it's just that you know it's just uh i i don't want to you're not you're not nervous you're not nervous to talk you're not nervous to talk about anything but yeah I, I know but i've just i don't want it to be like a facet of everything everyone ever does because going back to what uh, stephen ford said on on twitter like he he made didn't say anything race racial at all not out of nowhere yeah bucky got disarmed like the colonist he is you're on twitter you're on twitter okay yeah. first of all like twitter is the worst it's the worst I know. Oh, like it's just i mean oh god I, I i recently watched a little bit of like Lindsay ellis's last video oh, on no. like her her like on how they like are trying to like cancel her on twitter and stuff and it's just like oh my god like it's just it's i don't know like i think there's a lot of people making their living being being twitter personalities hoping people will donate to their patreon for for them just like making weird nasty comments and trying to ruin people on twitter but but that's just what they're looking for you know um you know and they're, they're and there's something it's weird because it's some of the people that do it and and it there's right wingers and left wingers that do this. They both participate in like trying to bring people down and like destroy people's reputations and make everything into a a, a, a troll war. But like they they somehow get like joy out of it. They're like, oh, this is delicious, you know. Like um, like Lindsay Ellis was bringing up the fact that do you remember that woman who 
who was flying to Africa for work and she she didn't have any she had like a hundred Twitter followers or something, mostly just her friends. And she she makes the joke, heading to Africa, hope I don't get AIDS. And all of a sudden, like it gets four she gets onto a plane <clears throat> and it's like an eleven hour flight. And like in the eleven hours, like they've this is because she was like the number one trending in the world and like got sent to all of her employers. And this was like, this was like, you know, a bad joke that you, everybody makes bad jokes to their friends, you know, like she didn't understand Twitter. She didn't have any followers. She thought this was, she thought this was being a, a, a tongue in cheek, like, you know, you know, sarcastic offensive joke that she was making to her friends. And then all of a sudden, like the whole world is, is like, she lands and, you know, you know, just the devastation. Like, could you imagine? Like, oh, like your employers have gotten this. The whole world is talking about you. Like, like was that really um, uh, proportional? But when you talk about the people that like, who were the Twitter influencers who like spread this stuff, they were like giddy. They're like, you know, they're like, oh, it was so delicious. And like, you know, people were trending like, oh, has she landed yet? Like, and taking pictures of her when she was landing, like all this schadenfreude kind of stuff. Like, so, like, when you bring up Twitter, it's just, like, that's what you expect. It's such a, it's such a trash form of, like, social media <laughs> that, you know. I mean, it would have made more ha- sense if, if Carly's, like, if Carly's support and followers came from Twitter or uh, the internet in general. That would have made uh, a bit more sense than, like, random people <clears throat> in the park where she just goes and then they just, you know. Oh, that was, yeah, that was interesting, her flash mob. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good scene. I liked that. But, like, um... You know, because it is Carly's Carly's mission and message like is alluring, you know, like, you know, all of these people have been displaced and and millions of people are being displaced. And um, they remember a time without borders and of, of, of you know, being, uh, you know, above nationalism like, there, you know, there's there's an allure to her to her side. Until she started killing people, you know. I would but. say <laughs> I, I'm surprised they didn't do this because once again they did it in Wandavision with um, uh, Monica Rambo. Remember that little flashback with Monica where all of a sudden she's blipped back into reality and everyone's at the hospital. It's all chaotic. It would have been I would have liked to have seen a flashback with Carly where how things were and how she enjoyed life before uh, people came back into existence. That would have made more sense. That would have been fascinating or, you know, it would have it would have been interesting to see her being her and her friends being ejected from their homes. Mm-hmm. You know, I um, mean, you want me to if you want me to like sympathize with your villain I mean, at least show us how life was yeah. uh, that they're trying to get everything back to. So, uh. yeah. Uh, and this is, you know, that's a fascinating thing, because when we talk about people being ejected from their homes and, and, and becoming refugees, like, you know, that evokes obviously like. Um, various places in the world, like Israel, Palestine, or Northern Cyprus and and Republic of Cyprus kind of situations where, you know, yeah, like people, some people left their homes because of war. And, you know, sometimes they weren't able to, you know, get their homes back. And then some people left their homes because of war and came back and people were there and they got ejected. And all those kinds of feelings happen. Um, and, you know, some people, you know, you can feel justified, like, wait, this is mine. You know, um, I, I wasn't expecting people to blip back. <laughs> <laughs> but I wonder if it would also the other way, like um, this is a world where the people that blipped back seems to have been able to reclaim their property. But 
What about the people that blipped back that weren't able to reclaim their property? Which, you know, that, that's, that would be very Palestinian. Like um, in, in the, uh, the Pal many Palestinians like left their homes during war and then were not able to go back to their country. And, and you know, uh, were, are, have, and now their grandchildren, great-grandchildren are still refugees living in refugee camps, um, in, you know, in, in Jordan, Lebanon, and Syria. So, it, you know, that's interesting stuff too. So, yeah, I mean, that's what I say. Like the themes that the show is dancing around and, and involving are fascinating and are the best part of the show. The plot itself, it, it seems to be them wandering different plazas in Latvia <laughs> like the same plazas in Latvia <laughs> and like chasing people for some reason, you know, like, well, Disney and Marvel itself are trying to dance around certain things. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't Hydra always kind of like super affiliated with the whole Nazi thing. And I was just kind of waiting yeah. for the red skull to spit off, spit out some Nazi shit during the first Captain America film. But it just seemed like his own faction was kind of split off from like the whole Nazism thing. And he was well, kind of just doing his own thing. Yeah, no, well that happens. Hydra is essentially evolves from the Nazis. They eventually, um, this, they, they, they eventually actually go against the whole, uh, uh, master like German master race and choose something else as the master race. I, for, I forget like what it is, but they, they, which is why they, they don't do a Heil. They do a, like a fist thing and for their hail, hail Hydra. Um, they do, they, their, their ideology is, it's an offshoot of Nazis, but it's different. Like, um, there is an important shift and I forgot what it is, you know, but, uh, I, I, I don't know if, if Hydra are racists. Um, I think they might disavow the racism, even though they still believe in supremacy, but I forget what the supremacy is based on. But this is, this is the whole thing about like, um, uh, the flag smashers and like what Zemo keeps saying that like once you're in this idea of supremacy, um, you can't go back from it. But it's odd because in, in a sense, um, the flag smashers and, and having supremacist attitudes, um, they're kind of like they kind of go against each other because, you know, nationalism by itself is a little is a, is a little supremacist. Right. Like. If you, 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 you fundamentally believe like with nation states and citizenship and all of these kind of things, you, you fundamentally believe that like some people deserve more resources and different treatment than others. Like the history of America is essentially, um, the, you know, people, people having arguments and fighting wars and, and changing the government to include more and more people in the idea of who should be uh, the voter who should be American. So like when America first begins, it's white male landowners, um, who can vote. It's white male landowners who are citizens. When, when we say like all men are created equal, Jefferson meant white, you know, male landowners. And then over time, landowner is taken away and, and it's all white men. And then it's, you know, Civil War happens and it's supposed to be all men, though, you know, the, the, there's segregation and problems with that. And then, you know, women are, are, are brought in and with, 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 you know, women's suffrage in 1919. And then, you know, we're still dealing with the end of segregation, the Civil Rights Act and everything. And today, we, you know, the issue is more 
citizenship versus undocumented, right? Like people say, well, that person isn't a citizen. Therefore, they don't deserve the same rights as a, a person that is a citizen. Mm. And, and these, are, these are these large questions. Like, you know, the hist- in fact, it's not just America. The history of the world has been about this idea that, I, that certain people deserve s- certain rights and other people don't. And we're going to come up with a reason why. You know, one, one group is the chosen people and the other group is, is not. They're, they're a bunch of infidels who deserve to die. You know, th- this, is the, this is the dichotomy in, in one way or the other, like throughout history. And so, you know, the flag smashers, when they say like, we shouldn't have borders, we should all be one people. Um, it should be a, like a, an entire like equality, you know, situation. Um, but in, in the sense, but she's taken the serum, serum and now he's, he says they're on a path of supremacy. So we'll see what that looks like. But then on the other hand, you've got the Captain America situation. And, you know, John Walker, even though he hasn't really been that in the, in, in the show too much yet, like if it's, it's supposed to be nationalistic, like, you know, Americans have some sort of greater rights than other people. And then Sam would be coming in and say, well, no, like maybe the, the American ideal and, when I, and, the, and the patriotism of being American is the inclusivity um, we see that battle in America today. Like, is Americanism exclusivity or is Americanism inclusivity? And, um, you know, that's, that's the fight. That's the fight today, right? You know? I find it sad that how this is, these are great themes, but I don't see this in the show. No, I mean... Why aren't these in the I think, show? I, I think they're definitely dancing around. Them. They are, I think it's, clearly. I think but, it's been edited to hell. I think the show has been edited to hell. Well, I, I also sympathize with, with, with the showrunners in the sense because a lot of these topics these topics are sensitive you know hbo does not give a fuck i mean we discussed a while ago how there were certain leaks out there from the game of thrones prequel blood moon where they wanted to turn uh the children of the forest like were originally black people and then were some curse makes them like the children of the forest after they had fighting after they fought like you know uh the northmen slash white people like hbo doesn't care about that it's like it's like the opposite of the book of mormon where sure i don't know the book in the book of mormon uh lost tribes of israel come to america and then god turns a bunch of them brown which is where the american indians come from according to the book of mormon but there is that question of you know and, and um of you know, are you going to be part of a system and try to change it from within? Like understanding that a system is, is, has done bad, but you're going to be part of the system and try to change it from within. Um, you know, uh, um, uh, note, you know, I work for the American government. You know, like I, I, you know, like I made a conscious decision to like be part of the system and try to make it better from within. Um, or... Are you going to be angry at the entire system and reject it, uh, you know, wholesale? Um, and so, you know, that's what I, you know, it, it's not like Sam doesn't understand that that um, the American government's done fucked up stuff, but you know, he's going to be, he's got to, he's got to fix it from within, you know, mm-hmm. be Captain America. You think he's going to be Captain yeah. America because? One of my favorite uh, moments of the show is towards the end I mean, when he and Bucky are having that conversation. It just seems like them, they themselves together uh, can be the new like 
cap, kinda, in a sense, where Bucky's like the the ha- the arm that punches and, and Sam is the shield. I guess. I mean, we could see it as like, you know, the two of them together are like a multicultural thing. But I think, I'm sorry. Um, I think Bucky kind of, he almost kind of represents white guilt, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> right? Go into this one. I'm curious about this one. Right? Like, like so he, he's born understanding that um, the Winter Soldier, this former self of him, did all of this bad. And he kind of recognizes that. And he feels really bad about it. And you could, you could argue how much he's responsible, but he feels guilty and he wants to make things right and want, wants to make things better. Like, that's kind of the thing about white guilt, right? Like, you can, you kind of understand that, like, your ancestors did some bad stuff and it's arguable about how much responsibility is yours to bear, but you're still going to feel guilty and try to try to try to do some try to do something okay, you know, to try to try to make amends for for things. I mean, isn't that isn't that what's going on? I don't get that at all with Bucky. I just think he wants to make amends for for killing people. I, I think but that's he it. didn't. You know, I guess, but he didn't really kill the people. Not him. True. True. That is. He that did. Is he true. didn't. He didn't specifically kill those people. You know, I will like, say this kind of stuff flies over my head, and I don't know if this is like an American thing because I am an immigrant. For those of you who don't know, I, I'm I was born in Brazil. I'm kind of an immigrant. Spent my entire life around Latinos, Hispanics. Uh, but I will say this: like, I don't know if this is like an American thing where you guys like think about race all the time. That shit flew, flies over my head. Um, I would say that. Uh, so this the certain Americans think about race all the time. I think if you live in a, in a diverse community, you think about race all the time. I think if you're a minority, you think about race all the time. I think if you're a white person in the middle of Iowa that doesn't see minorities very much, I don't think you see white people, you, you, you think about race very much at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read, I read a, there's a really interesting blog that I once read um, in which I think it was entitled, uh, questions a black man has for white people and he, he had this list and one was do you guys think about us as much as we think about you and you wouldn't the answers were yeah not really we don't really think about black people that much which is so telling right that like you know every black person has to think about white people every day all the time but white people yeah they don't really think about black people that much Maybe when you know, maybe when they watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier, or <laughs> I'm not saying I mean, you know, obviously nobody's monolithic. Lots of white people think about black people all the time. But of course, honestly, most people don't. But uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, so far, I am enjoying it. Uh, action scenes are great. Characters, uh, for the most part, pretty good. I love Sam. Love Bucky. Uh, their dynamic. I will say, it took me a while to get into the groove of it, but they're getting there. It, it was it, not what it was not as advertised. It's not like buddy cop two guys not getting along and then getting along it's not it's no it's not it's not that at all it's not that at all their chemistry like it's it's building but it, it's it's not instant click that i thought it was gonna be but it, it's yeah. it's building that's i think they finally clicked this episode there right? was a there was yeah there's a joke that someone made about you and me <laughs> so you know how like 
the the um the layout I have for like the the podcast where my character's on one side, your character's on another side. Mm, yeah. Someone yeah. made a joke about how we're both gay for each other, and someone replied to that comment saying, "Of course they're not. They're just two dudes who who talk all the time. See, Look two, how- we're just two we're just two bros hanging out who occasionally give hand jobs to each other. <laughs> Do not listen to him. Do not listen. To him. We're two. They're just two guys. See how not gay they are by how far apart they are in the we're fucking so, layout. We're so not gay. Have you ever? T- have you ever heard about the um the 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 not gay thing that that that's done in um movies once mm. once you're once you're like once it's pointed out it like it's 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 really hard to ignore so that like so in in most movies they don't do too much anymore but any movies like before the year 2010 if the movie is going to be about a huge action star he uh, he has to do something in the in the beginning of the movie that signals not gay and he either bangs a bunch of chicks or um denigrates and makes fun of girly men or gay people um so for instance command the movie commando of course if you watch the movie commando um at the beginning of the movie uh arnold schwarzenegger is eating breakfast with Alyssa milano his daughter and she talks about how she's really into boy George. And he's like, more like girl George, you know? <laughs> and so like, so right at the beginning, we've established Arnold, not gay. And then like they go on and then he goes on and the, the villain in Commando is super gay. Um, you know, like, <laughs> is he must- super gay? Oh, he's, he's got like a mustache, like um, buff kind of guy. It looks like he could be in the village people. Um, and then at the end, I mean, I think in the end, he's actually like impaled with a large pipe at the end. It's, it's let off some steam, Bennett. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's (laughs) ridiculous how homophobic that movie is. Oh, I wouldn't go as far as to say it's homophobic. Oh my God. It's so homophobic. You need to watch it again. It is, it is atrociously homophobic, but then you, or you talk about like, um, like, uh, Star Trek, the new Star Trek, um, you know, not only do they have to have Kirk banging, uh, uh, you know, the, a green alien, but Spock has to be you know, in a relationship with Uhuru, even though that relationship makes no sense at all, um, to prove that, like, the buddy relationship between Spock and Kirk is totally not gay, you know? Um, so they don't do it, you know, luckily they don't do it with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, we're, we're, you know, we're finally, like, grown mm-hmm. as, as, a, as a people, you know, that... that Neither one of them needs to to make fun of gay people or like you know prove he's gay by banging a bunch of chicks, you know. But uh, you know, well, their but, dynamic seems like two dudes who like work together who are very adamant to prove to the audience that they're not gay, so they just kind of like awkwardly high five and you know. <laughs> that's the vibe I get. Like they they don't it's click. Not, it's, you know, but it's not over the top. I mean, we we get a couple scenes. We get we get a scene where. We get a we get a scene where Bucky flirts with Sam's sister, and one could say, "Oh, that's the that's the not gay um, uh, signal." But it happens episode five. It's way too late about in the story. In episode one, where Bucky goes on the date with the girl and they play Battleship. Oh, but the date goes poorly. He doesn't know how to be on a date, and so it kind of like that that would you know if you if you're reading into the fact that like Bucky and and, and Falcon are gay for each other. Um, that would be like, oh, so proof. He goes on a date with this beautiful girl and he doesn't know how to handle himself. And, you know, 
because he really wants to be with Falcon. You know, like that, that would be the <laughs> argument you'd make, right? But like, you know, by the time they get around to the fact that he's, you know, flirting well with, with, uh, with a woman, uh, it's way too late in the story to be, to be established as, as the not gay cue um, that, that so, many, so many stories have. So, oh my God, like once you see it, like... <sighs> I'm going like, to actually it, look for this because I, I, there are a lot of films that I enjoy from like before the 2010s. Like The Departed is one of my favorite films of all time. And yeah. I, I'll need to go back and watch it in The Departed. And really, Commando is homophobic? I oh, my Commando is really bad. Like, du- like it's, a, it's a ridiculous movie to begin with. Oh, but I love like, it. It's, re- it's really, like, once you put on the lens of, like, actually, this is, like, a, like, a very, like, you know, it has a lot of comments about, you know, about uh, sexual preference. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's definitely. You know, there, there's a, there's a, there's a um, there's a female you know person in the in the movie, but like Arnold Schwarzenegger never like flirts with her or gets with her, um, but you just kind of you know. But he's the hero, so how are we going to establish that he's he's not gay? Well, he's got to make fun of Boy George at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> I was going to say at least the silver lining of Commando is at least, at least it's not racist. So there's that. <laughs> um, before. <laughs> Before we wrap it up, real quick, uh, today is the uh, 10th, 10-year uh, anniversary of Game of Thrones. We had nothing planned for the 10-year anniversary, did we? No, it, it, I completely forgot about it. You it forgot kind of, about it. it. I mean, some other stuff came, like like other news was out there about, about you know, the prequel series and stuff like that. But, you know, where I didn't think like, oh, I guess 10 years ago today, Game of Thrones premiered. Huh. Yeah, ten years ago today, it was uh, it was a whole thing changed everybody's lives, mine, yours, to some extent. Um, yeah, there was yeah. a rumor that HBO might do some kind of redo of the final season, and and this this rumor kind of had almost no legs to really stand on, really, because the HBO Thrones Twitter page kept retweeting and tweeting some cryptic messages, but it could have been just to promote their marathon of the entire series. Uh, we're and, gonna do a Snyder cut. What what are they gonna do? I mean, <laughs> do you think a, a Snyder cut version of Game of Thrones would actually uh, of Game of Thrones season eight and maybe seven would actually fix some of the problems? No, because the, the the script was the thing that was shit. Mm. It's not. It's not like they filmed a scene of Theon killing the Night's King instead of Arya. Like you know, like, <laughs> you know, like you can't fix that shit in post. You know? What if What if they got some of the actors back to like change that entire thing where Theon does kill the Night King? Uh, I mean, <laughs> amongst amongst other little things. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it could be fixed. I don't know. I would I go back and point. watch it immediately. Hell, hell yeah. <laughs> hell yes. I would go back and watch I, it immediately. You know, if they, they follow, they, they take my Game of Thrones season eight fixed and, and they and they film the whole thing based on that. So they refilm it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> oh, my. Uh, guys, you mind if we wrap it up? All right. Guys, thank you so much for joining us on uh, this episode of uh, Falcon Winter Soldier podcast thingy. Uh, We will see you next time for some more Fire and Blood. See you guys next time. Have a good one.